Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Are you living in the same house with your husband? We currently are still in the same house with pending a divorce. Okay. Um, so when he doesn't respond, what's the next thing that happens? Hey, what do you want for dinner? Like, I'm trying to imagine what this looks like, you know? This is the plaintiff, Barbara Thorpe. She says the defendant had a secret affair with her husband of 46 years. And the woman has put her through so much stress she was hospitalized twice. She's here in the name of justice, suing the scornful defendant for $3,000 for emotional distress and mental anguish and hopes the judge teaches this no-good woman a good lesson. This is the defendant, Kelly McLaughlin. She says she met the plaintiff's husband 20 years ago when he was messing around with her friend. She, however, never messed around with the plaintiff's husband because she has her own man and she doesn't need to be involved with the plaintiff's old husband. Bottom line, she never had an affair with him and doesn't owe her a penny. She's accused of carrying on with a married man. The defendant has filed a countersuit for $3,000 for harassment. All parties, please take your right hands. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Williams is presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Doctor. You're welcome. Barbara Thorpe, you are suing Kelly McLaughlin for $3,000 for emotional distress and mental anguish, and she is suing you for $3,000 for harassment. What is going on? Let's start with you, Ms. Thorpe. Um, I became aware of the defendant on May 1st, 2019, when a text message was sent to my husband, ask, asking her, was she coming? She, he sent it her, asking, was she coming? Um, so I called the number, and she hung up, and then I text her, and you have that as an exhibit um, of the text from May 1st, 2019. Where you um, ask her, I am Barbara Thorpe, and are you having an affair with my husband? Let's talk right. woman to woman. Does right. she answer your text? No. And what was it you saw in your husband's phone that made you think that? He was asking her, are you coming? Okay. And yeah. you had your husband's phone? Yeah, he left it in the, um, the SUV. Okay, he so did you confront your husband? Yes, I did. And what did your husband say? He didn't say anything. He just walked away initially. And then he told me, um, following follow-up, he just said, uh, Barbara, don't worry about it. Wow, okay. Yeah. And did you stay so, with him after that? Because... Uh, He'd have some explaining well, to do. Because, well, I, I didn't know, you know, didn't really have any evidence other than the text message and, you know, her hanging up when I called. But then um, 
That's uh, pretty much. Let went, me just be clear in case my husband's listening. That's all the evidence I need. But so <laughs> I, I don't. You, so you kind of just. How long were you married to your husband? Forty-six years. Okay. So uh, that happened on, on May first, twenty nineteen, and and then what happens? Well, I never met the young lady, um, the defendant, um, and then her name popped up. Um, people you may know. And then I responded because I was in Cali. Her name I popped said, up where? I don't understand. Her name popped up where? In my in my Facebook okay. page. Okay. Um, said people you may know. And so when I looked at the picture, then I text my husband and I said, who is Anne McLaughlin? I, and then I, you got the text message that I sent him. And what did your husband um, say? He didn't respond. Are, are you living in the same house with your husband? We currently are still in the same house. We're pending a divorce. Okay. Um, so when he doesn't respond, what's the next thing that happens? Hey, what do you want for dinner? Like, I'm trying to imagine what this looks like, <laughs> you know? Not good. Not good. A lot of stress, anxiety. I've been to, um, I have acupuncture. I have had body therapy. I have had uh, different things because I stay stressed. I'm just constantly tight. Um, and which is the reason why my blood pressure was elevated. I went to the hospital twice to ER. Um, and in September, um, not only did I have elevated blood pressure, but my um, whole uh, left side of my arm seized up. And uh, I was in so much pain and whatnot. So they ended up giving me um, a little bit of morphine so I can get a little bit relaxed. Where's your husband yeah. during all this? Well, we were taking care of the, our grandchildren. And then my sister came and she stayed with me in the hospital. And did you tell your sister that you thought your husband was having an affair? Of course. Of course. I told her the whole thing as right. I boo-hoo cried and carried on. Okay. And did you okay. see, between May and September, did you see any other evidence besides seeing the... the uh... I didn't look. I didn't look. I didn't. Okay. So uh, what happened between 2019 and now that, uh, additionally, that made you sue her? Well, um, because she, they were texting back and forth. June 2020, um, the height of COVID, and I'm saying, what? And so... How did you know they were the, texting back and forth? I got his phone. You you got his phone? Yeah, I looked on his phone. All right, and you saw text between him and her? Mm -hmm. How is she listed in his phone? As um, a gentleman's name. Okay, um, so how do you know it's her, though? Uh, because I Googled the number. Ah, you Googled the number and it comes back to her? Mm-hmm. Okay. I just kept on having this gut feel. No proof, just a gut. So when did you so get the that proof that up, caused you to come to court? Oh, uh, well, what caused me to come to court was that I, when I saw the June 2020 text message between them, and you have a copy of the text messages um, from June 1st um, and 11th, um, and, and you felt that that gave you the, the, did you ever confront her after reading those texts? I never confronted her. Did I you ever confront your husband time. after reading those texts? I, he told me, don't worry about it. Let's move on. Well, why would, why would you allow him to get away with that? Well, that's, that's just dandy. He gets to have an affair well, and you're supposed to not worry about it and let's move on. Like, uh, well, that's what he stated. That's what he stated. So anyway, I filed a divorce and um, September 2020, she's a co-respondent. A co-respondent? Um, mm -hmm. She's a co-respondent in your divorce? Mm -hmm. What's your husband saying about the divorce? Was he shocked? No, 
What, what did he say? He didn't say anything. I went, I just went to a separate I'm part pretty, of the I'm house. not sure about a lot of things, but I'm sure that this marriage is over. Are you sure this marriage is over? Judge, you know, let me tell you about the, let me tell you about the pension system with New Jersey. It's not good when it comes to a divorce. Once you divorce, everything is over. Wouldn't that be taken care of in the divorce? Wouldn't your right to the pension be addressed in the divorce? Yes, but the way it is um, stated that if I d get a divorce from him, I get no benefits. No, right now I get medical. You're you know, living right now in the same house with him, right? Yes. Do you guys yes. talk to each other? Yeah, we still talk. We're not, we're not a, we're friends. Mm, not really. We're just living in the house together. Okay. We're just living in the house. All right. As a matter of fact, you're concerned that he gave you a... Um, An STI. A sexually transmitted disease, because you actually got mm -hmm. treated for one. Yes, twice. Twice. Okay. Mm -hmm. My grandmother had a saying, mejor sola que mal acompañada, better alone than poorly accompanied. Um, but I get the financial thing. So, Ms. McLaughlin, let's talk. Are you having an affair with Ms. Thorpe's <laughs> husband? No, I'm not. That is no. No, I'm not. I have my own my own situation going on, my own man. Okay. My own life. Okay. How do you know her um, husband? I know her husband from uh friends years ago. He was messing with two of my friends. One okay. of my best friends. And I've been best friends with her twenty something years. I'm going back maybe like high school days. He was messing with two of my friends. And he was actually getting high with one of them. Okay. Yeah, they were sniffing coke together. And according to you, you sell him weed? Yeah, he'd be buying weed for her sister-in-law, his sister-in-law. So you were selling him weed. Were you yeah. also messing around with him? No, I don't, I don't want that old man. No, I don't mess with him. I have a, I have a man. I, you know what I'm saying? I do so many things. I don't have time for nobody. Is this your number up here? Yeah. Okay. okay. On my way. Got confirm. And then that's autocorrect. Condom? No, he don't have anything, but I can send my daughter to get it for you. Don't come yet, old boy. Just pulled up. I hit you when he leave back out. I'm outside. He's still there? Yes, hold on. Okay, leaving. See you another time. Um, yeah, that's her husband detecting my phone. Leave me alone. Yeah. Why yeah, because it me? sounds like he's asking if you have a condom. That's what it sounded yeah, like. What, yeah, but what, yeah, what, why are you asking me that? Oh, I can only think of one reason. Okay, yeah, right. and then you answer, he left, shaking my head. He says, coming back. Okay, what's up? You home alone? I'm not alone yet. Okay, so I guess she kind of thinks that maybe you're having an affair with her husband, but... Um, I don't want that, man. Okay, um, you have a counterclaim against her for $3,000 for harassment. What's that about? She sent me some court papers, fake pictures, court papers from Union County a year ago with all these names on it, including my Facebook name. So she was suing me for $30,000. Like she sent them more. What was that? Was there a $30,000 lawsuit against her, Ms. Thorpe? No, in the divorce complaint, I put down as what I wanted was I wanted um, the co respondent to pay me $50 for, um, for I forgot what I wrote, but it was on the divorce complaint. Okay. Has, uh, did you actually file a divorce complaint with her as a co respondent? Yes. And what happened with that? Well, the correspondent doesn't have to do anything. It's just that we should But what's happening with the divorce? It's pending. Um, wow. we have a All right. So date. what is her harassment? How did she harass you besides filing a lawsuit against you, which she has a right to do? If it's, if it's not a righteous lawsuit, it gets dismissed by the judge. But how else did she harass you? 
You said, how else did she Yeah, how, how did she harass you? You're asking for three grand for harassment. I need you to make your case. Well, I countersued her. She, she sent me court papers before for $30,000. Like, you know what I'm saying? With my name, you're Googling me. You know what I'm saying? My name come across your Facebook. How many people names come across people's Facebook? I'm not even friends with nobody. Facebook, All right, but right what does she Facebook. do to you? See, the, her Googling you is not harassment. How is well, she, she harassing you? letters, court papers, fictitious court papers, or wherever them court papers was, telling me about her divorce. And what, what, what are you sending that to my house for? Because you're a, Why she, made, she named you a co-respondent. Yeah, but she got a lot of a lot of co-respondents. I'm not her co-respondent. I don't even know them. I don't care for them, and I don't know them. Like, I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, come on. But other than asking you, are you having an affair with my husband? Let's talk woman and woman. That's Is that the only time she's ever made contact with you? I think so, yeah. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Ms. Thorpe, um... I'm sorry that you're experiencing this in what should be, you know, like the golden years of your marriage. Um, mm. Your husband's kind of a jerk. Um, but um, there are states in America that still have a cause of action for alienation of affection. But there's very few of them that still have that cause of action. Notably, North Carolina is one of them, where you can sue somebody... Mm for messing with your marriage. Um, mm -hmm. And you have to prove several things, like you were in love and had a happy marriage. It was like the strangest thing. How does someone go to court and prove that, they, you know, they were in love? And um, So most states have abolished that. You're from the state of New Jersey. New Jersey abolished that in the 50s. So mm -hmm. there is no cause of action against someone you think is having an affair with your husband. Uh, there have to be actual damages as opposed to you're alienating my husband's affections. Um, I, I understand uh, what you're saying, and a lot of times people make decisions that are financial, and that's fine. If that works for you, who is anybody else to judge? If you can be roommates and you keep getting the benefits and he's fine with it and you're fine with it, that's fine. But let me just say to you, Ms. Thorpe, that you need to be fine with it. It needs to not hurt you. Yeah, it, it hurts, and I... And if I, it hurts, maybe you, maybe you shouldn't live there. So, if, so stay married, <laughs> keep the benefits... And maybe live somewhere else. Is that a possibility right. for you or no? Or make um, him, I got a better idea. Kick his <laughs> bottom to the curb and make him live somewhere else. Is that a possibility for you? That's what we're going to be discussing in a couple of months. Okay. Um, it could be that he's buying weed from her. It could be that he's friends with her. It could be that she, she's having an affair mm -hmm. on her man with your husband. It could be any of those things. I'm going to assume she's having an affair with your husband, and, I, and there's still no cause of action for you. You can't go to court and collect money from someone who's having an affair with your husband. You see what I'm saying? There's no cause of action in New Jersey for this. That was abolished back in the 50s because the, the, the thinking is, hey, we all get heartbreak, and we all need to just, you know, get rid of whatever's causing us, uh, you know, heartache. Um, and that, and I hope that you're able to find some peace and joy with your grandkids and your kids and whatever, and that mm -hmm. he's not, um, the guiding force in your life. And I think that it'll be easier for you when he's not living in your house, when you have your own space right. and your own, mm -hmm. um, so how, I hope it works out for you and you're able to hammer something out, 
but there's no lawsuit against Ms. McLaughlin. Um, okay. Even though she's still reaching out to him and texting I'm going to assume that she is going to see him this afternoon. I wouldn't be surprised. Right. It that's what I'm assuming. Before. I'm assuming that she is cheating on her man, seeing your man this afternoon. That's mm -hmm. what I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. There's no cause yeah. of action for that. There's no legal recourse for you for alienation of affection. That was thrown out back in the 50s in New Jersey, and most states don't have that anymore. So with that said, there is nothing that I can do for you, Ms. Thorpe. You sound like a wonderful lady, and you've got a lot going for you, and hopefully there's a chapter two for you because this man is no good. And uh, you, Ms. McLaughlin, I don't know if you're having an affair with her husband. I don't care if you're having an affair with her husband. Your husband, your man might care if you're having an affair with her husband. Um, she's got all kinds of things she thinks prove it. It doesn't matter to me because there is no lawsuit that she no. can hold against you. And on your counterclaim against her for harassment, there isn't anything right. that would look like harassment. She anything. couldn't be more polite and just and just stand off on this, other than the fact that she named you as a co-respondent, which I guess the judge will end up dismissing because there's no, no cause in New Jersey for that. So good luck to everybody. Thank you. Have a good day. Ms. Thorpe, uh, the judge gave you uh, some pretty good, a pretty good lecture, I guess you'd put it, about uh, what you can do, what you can't do, why you can't prevail mm -hmm. in this lawsuit, and what she thinks you ought to do with your husband. <laughs> she, she thinks you ought to kick him out. Um, you listened to her. What do you think about what she had to say to you? You know, what she said is very true. Um, um, Ms. McLaughlin, uh, the feminist, she knows exactly what she has done in the past. Um, but, you know, she has to deal with that between her and her maker. So I'm moving on. Thank you. All right. Well, good luck to you. I hope you move you. on and, uh, and life gets better for you. Sorry you're having these Thanks. problems. So let's see what uh, the defendant has to say. Ms. McLaughlin, you uh, don't get anything on your countersuit for $3,000 against Ms. Thorpe either. Neither one of you have prevailed. Um, who knows whether you're having an affair? I, I, I can ask you again. Have you been having an affair with, uh, with the plaintiff's husband? No, no, not at all. And are, are you surprised she feels that you are? I just, I don't know her, you know, I just know of him and he was dealing with my friends years right. ago. That's how I met the man, 20 something years ago. Just knew of him, passing through at like one of my friend's house or something. And then like okay. I said, he was well, buying weed from me. That was it. Buying weed from you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, listen, that'll bring the case to a close. You don't get $3,000 from her. Sorry about that. I, I ain't worried about law. that $3,000. It's all good. <laughs> Harley? Doug, what we're talking about here is a legal claim called alienation of affections. And that means essentially what it says, that if somebody steps into your relationship and causes it to break, you can sue that person. Almost, I think every state, at the very least, almost every state, and I think every state in the United States has abolished this because judges don't have to litigate affairs and all that stuff, and that's why they did it. What is your favorite gift to give and receive? My favorite gifts to give are wine or food because some of it usually kind of bounces back at me and I end <laughs> up getting a little bit of it. I end up with a little taste. So those are kind of my favorites to give and I'm gonna stay on the same track with what I like to receive because every year uh, one of my daughters gives me a half gallon of cotton candy ice cream on from, my birthday uh, <laughs> from Cold Stone. And it's like, uh, it's wonderful. You eat the whole thing in one sitting yeah, like, like you're a little kid. A couple days it's gone. I just... A couple know, days? I, I don't... Well... No, it's not but a couple of days. I'm not really... I'm not a big... Uh, 
You're not. That's why it's so funny because you really yeah. aren't a sweets guy. I am, but, but that stuff, I just you just sit there and eat it until control. it's gone. Exactly. Right. Um, How about you? Probably to give. I I like to give experience as opposed to things. Right. You know, like a massage or mm-hmm. um, or a dinner or something like something that yeah something yeah. that you use and you it's have over. An experience. Uh, and um, to receive, I like to have to receive self care stuff like candles and right although for you you're you know you you, you're very much a romantic when it comes to receiving gifts so i mean if i were to give you some really nice earrings or something and i just kind of threw them at you and said here i got you these earrings it would not really thrill you but if i got if i got earrings from a gumball machine at kmart and i gave them to you in some romantic way yes you'd be thrilled well not from a gumball machine in kmart but yes (laughs) it's the gesture it's about the delivery gesture gesture. yeah i can buy my own earrings i want gesture i want romance i know you (laughs) (laughs) this is the plaintiff david miller he says he sold the defendant a pickup truck, and the guy promised to pay him monthly until the $4,840 was paid in full. The guy's giving him excuse after excuse. He was just trying to help the defendant because he was down on his luck, and now he's here having to sue him for the $2,050 he still owed. This is the defendant, Daniel. He says he agreed to buy the truck because the plaintiff's business partner promised him a lot of work, clearing trees from 32 lots of land. The guy was full of it. He didn't make the money he was promised, but was still paying it off little by little until the plaintiff stole the truck off his property. Bottom line, if anyone's owed money today, it is not the plaintiff. He's accused of trucking his way into court. All parties, please raise your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case in the docket, the plaintiff sold his truck to the defendant. The guy fell behind in the payments and ultimately stopped paying, and he wants his money. But the defendant says he agreed to buy the truck because the plaintiff promised him a lot of work cleaning up some land and debris and then reneged on their deal. It's the case of Mother Trucker. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay, Mr. Miller, you are suing Mr. Daniel for $2,050 that you say is the balance of a truck that he owns you that you have a lien on. Tell me what happened. Well, I met Daniel several years ago through a mutual friend and it seemed like he was always down on his luck. So when this came up that uh, I could get this truck at a reasonable price, uh, he needed help with his business. So I figured I'd just go ahead and get the truck and sell it to him on payments and help him boost his business up. Why, though? What's in it for you to do that? Nothing. Not a thing. Well, there had to be something in it for you, because most people don't go around looking for people down on their luck and giving them $4,000, you know, paying for them $4,000 trucks, and then taking on the debt of of having them drib and drab payments in. There had to be something in it for you. Well, we were going to open a business and start Ah. clearing lots in South Florida. Okay, so you all were going to open up a business, and you wanted to be able to have him be your guy who would do what? Uh, Haul the the limbs and trash off. Okay, and why him? If he's somebody who always seems to be down on, on their luck, why did you want him to be your guy and buy him a truck? Well, at the time, he seemed to be very trustworthy, and he's a pretty good tree trimmer. Okay. All right, so uh, you get the truck, and how much are you into the truck for? 4840 Yep. Okay, 
So um, did you have an agreement with him in writing about what exactly was going to be the payment plan? Did you have anything in writing with him, a promissory note? No. It was all verbal, and I sent you all the text messages. All right. Uh, Mr. Daniel, let me ask you, what was your version of what the agreement was? The gentleman tried to get me to work for a company that he was forming with his son. His son is actually the person who had the money and was putting out the licenses. I don't even know why I'm dealing with him. It's not his money. It's Teddy's money. Um, along with another business partner, his friend, Anthony, who was providing the work at the time. And uh, I was leery about it because I had just went through a bad situation. Uh, but he seemed trustworthy. Um, honestly, he was about the most trustworthy person I knew at the time, I thought. I, I'm amazed that we're even here. Right. And Dave's um, the one. The reason you're dealing with Dave is because this is all about the truck that Dave arranged for you to get, right? I guess. But it would be Teddy's money, Teddy's company. So I, I don't even know if this result... Who'd you talk to, Teddy? Or who did you talk to, Teddy or David? Dave. Okay. Well, then we all know why we're talking to Dave. All right. So now tell me, what was the original agreement regarding the truck? How are you going to pay for it? Essentially, I'm supposed to be doing this work, but it kept getting delayed, and I was about ready to leave the project. He called me one day and told me I needed to come over. So I came over. I rode with him over. They looked at a truck that could pull this trailer, but it didn't have a hitch and whatnot. Would this work for it? And I'm like, Sure, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not sure about this business because work hasn't happened. And he just hands me the title and says, see, I'm serious. And the title was in whose name? The other person. The seller. They and then, nothing to do, the seller. So he says, see, I'm serious. And what else does he say? To, to hang on and he would get this work started and whatnot. Right, but he, he wasn't giving you a gift of, of a truck. I mean, wasn't there some agreement about how you'd pay for it? Not, not at this point. How do you accept the truck without having a clear, you know, well, really? Um, I was supposed to be doing a whole bunch of lots, 32 lots at $1,500 yes. a piece. So this would have been easy. And he's just like, well, worry about it in the future. I'm, you know, we're, I'm serious. You know, hang in there with me. So I did, and I registered it. Mr. Miller, Clean can title. I ask you a question? Um, I, I see text, but by the time there's text discussing anything, he's already had the truck. So did you, in fact, say to him, we'll work it out later, I just want you to know I'm serious, and all this other stuff? Uh, no, we agreed on the payment back was supposed to be $500 a month, and that is covered on a text message from him uh, on December 29th, 2020. When did he get the truck? Uh, beginning of November. Right. So December 29th is two well, months May. after that. So what was the discussion yep. in the beginning of November? And where is any evidence of what the deal was then? It was all a verbal agreement. And what you're seeing on that text message uh, reflects what we talked about. So on December 29, Mr. Daniel, you send a text to him that says, I'm capable, I think, of 500 to 1,000 a month. Get that truck paid as fast as I can. That certainly doesn't sound like a gift. Did you, in fact, send 500 or $1,000 every month? Not every month, and there wasn't an agreement to send 500 or 1,000 every month. That's what I'd like to get to here. Okay. I was also made to employ his friend who was supposed to you know, be a helper and do this business. I ended up employing him for almost two months that was supposed to come off the truck, too. How much was supposed to come off I'm the getting... truck for employing someone for two months? 
Uh, we were supposed to work it out later. Can I, can I just suggest to, to you that you two are not gentlemen who should work things out later? Okay? Yeah, well, I've learned that now. Have you? Thank because you. you should learn that when you can talk. All right? So I, I'm, not, I'm not quite getting this. Like, you're supposed... You hired someone, you paid someone, they worked for you, and they got money for working for you, and somehow that's also going to pay your debt on the truck, but you have no evidence of it whatsoever? Do you have a text that huh? says that? That he's supposed to take money off? As a result of employing the person? I don't, I don't have a text for okay. that, no. Now, Mr. Miller, where in this text, that's two months after the fact, am I supposed to glean that he's supposed to pay $500 a month? All it says is, with new work, I think I'm capable of paying $500 to 1000 a month. That doesn't tell me what the original agreement was. And in fact, what he says is, that way I can get it paid as fast as I can. So it, it implies that the original agreement is less than that. I personally think that the original agreement is, oh, we'll work it out later. And then everybody thinks that they'll work it out later, and we have a name for people who do that. We call them litigants. So what ends up happening after about a year... A year's time, he ends up paying you how much before you decide you're going to repossess the truck? Uh, he had paid $2,800. Okay. And um, you repossessed the truck when? December of 2020 what? One? 2021. On what authority did you repossess the truck? With what legal uh, right? On a text message dated November 12th of 2020, uh, from Daniel, it says, everything I think you want, the keys are on the tire, in case you ever have to rescue me or you feel like I haven't done you right and you can come and get the truck. Okay. So what makes you think that that gives you a legal right to take it? When I handed him the title, I filled out the back of the title as lien holder. You did? Yes. But now, so here's where we are. You do not dispute that there is $2,050 owed on the balance, correct? You dispute that you should I have to pay. I do dispute that. You do dispute that. Tell me what you believe is owed. Uh, there, he's missing the $290 given to him on December 3rd on the second attempt when he does steal the truck. Well, tell um, me about him stealing the truck. When does he steal the truck? Let's back up. What is it? December 2nd or 3rd, he shows of up what in my year? house. 2021. Uh, 2021. Okay. Shows up at my house drunk with his son drunk and they're telling us <laughs> we're taking it there's nothing you can do about it just step back and i'm like wait what are you doing and they're like well uh, we could work this out what do you got in the house you got tools what money you got and i'm like look i got 40 dollars cash i have a job tomorrow and i was already going to pay you the day after uh, when had been the last so, time you had paid before that november 17 2021 you how much had you for. paid that was a that was five hundred. And what had you paid so, in October? Uh, I didn't. Uh, October and September, I did not pay. Okay. What about August? I don't. I don't remember at the moment. Okay. I don't have. And it according to you, Mr. Miller, how many months had he missed? Uh, several. He finally paid in September for June, and I did not receive any more money until October. So, uh huh. And then that's when we went and got the truck in December. Okay, so you get the truck, and, and he once was you get the truck, you know that you were never placed as a lien holder. Like, he's got a title that doesn't have a, a lien holder. How did that happen? I don't know. 
I called the DMV. I went up there to get the title. They wouldn't tell you. They I wouldn't give hand, you. I was handed the title and told to hang on. Right. That we he were He never serious. signed the lien stuff on the title like he no. says he we did. We talked about it uh, a month later after the first attempt of them taking the truck. And when he was telling me the date of that, that text is because he had already taken the truck, he was telling me if I didn't come give him money, bring the title because he wanted to write a contract at that point. He wanted to add himself. Oh, he got all official then, Mr. Miller, didn't you? Now you want a contract, you want the title on your side, you want, all right. Look, Mr. Mr. Daniel, I need to know um, what record keeping do you have of what payments you've made and you haven't? Do you have receipts for all the payments you've made? Or did you make them all in cash and let him keep track? Uh, I did them all in cash. All right. So here's what's going to happen, folks. You you go and you take his truck, and then um, he goes over. He pays you two ninety. Then you give him back the truck, right? Yes. Why don't you then sit down and do a promissory note and make sure you're the lien holder and all that other stuff? Because I don't buy for one stinking second that you are the planner that you say you are. Oh, I signed a lien holder on the back of the title before I gave it. You are not a planner, Mr. Miller. You are no more a planner than he is. So, you know, buying this truck for a guy who you say is always down on his luck and, you know, why? Because we're going to, you know, oh, we're all going to make a lot of money when it turns out nothing materialized. All right. So, Mr. Miller, tell me why, when he gets the truck back, you don't sit there with your nearest crayon and roll of toilet paper and write out a contract and a promissory note and a payment plan. I should have. Yeah. That was my mistake. And, I should have. And you, that's when you get the title back and you say, let's go to the DMV together. I need to be listed as a lien holder. Because nope, being he did listed, not produce the title. Right, but being listed as a lien holder is the only thing that lets you repossess stuff. Otherwise, you've got to go to court and get a court order to repossess stuff. So well, like take, I said, when I first got the truck, I filled it out as Mr. a Mr. Miller, holder. let me be very clear about this. You are lying. <laughs> you are lying. You know you're lying. I know you're lying. He knows you're lying. Because had you done that, the DMV, when he went with that title over there, would have registered you as a lien holder. And we all know they didn't. And we all know that it was really kind of a bizarre Come over. We're going to have all this money. We're going to do all this business. We're all going to make money. We're going to do this. Here, you can pay me little by little. There was no planning involved. You are not the kind of guy who thinks about filing the lien. All right? So, no, I don't believe you. And you have zero proof of it. Let me just add that. Right? All right. Now, Mr. Daniel, um, on a separate occasion, after that repossession that you got the truck back, what happens outside your house on january 1st just as the sun was basically cracking he sends the person he swore he wasn't dealing with that cost us all over 20 grand his son 20 grand whatnot he sent him to my house with a bunch of automotive disabling devices boots and he was just going to lock the vehicle down this guy's up on my property and he is a very large intimidating figure my fiance and, and at the time, what, one or two month old child were out there enjoying the sun coming up and she comes in in a panic. There's some big guy on the property and he's doing something to your truck and I come running out. Uh, I turn on the camera. Let's see, let's see the video. Baxter. Give me a second. Permission, nor do you have permission. You've been told to leave my property. You need to get off my property. You need to do it now. I don't care what he told you to do. What you're doing is illegal. 
That's right. Get with him. Go ahead and leave. Aren't all right? Tell him. All right. Are the police called that day? Yes. Okay. And he was informed to leave me alone and to not have contact at that point. Okay. Mr. Miller, I need you to listen to what I'm about to say to you. You are not a lien holder. You got it? Yes, ma'am. Don't touch that truck. You are now a judgment holder because I am issuing a judgment in your favor. So you will do what every other picayune judgment holder on the planet has to do. You cannot help yourself to his truck in the middle of the night. You cannot send Anthony in the middle of the morning. You cannot steal it when you're drunk with your son and then give it back. You can't do anything to his truck without a court order. So you will have a judgment now, and then you will do what other judgment holders do, which is you go through the court process to levy against his property if he doesn't pay the judgment. That is what you are going to do. Whenever any of us gets a judgment in court, one of two things is going to happen. We're going to get paid the judgment, and then we go off on our merry way, or we take the judgment, and we use it as a doily for our beer, and then we have to go through the trouble of getting it enforced, right? Yes, ma'am. You are in that position, okay? So that is how you're going to proceed. You are never again going to touch the guy's truck. I am issuing a judgment against you, Mr. Daniel, in the full amount of the $2,050, because you have zero records to contradict that, and he appears to be giving you credit for stuff you don't even have proof of paying. Good luck, gentlemen. You heard what the judges said. Uh, you understand now. You do owe him that money, 2050 But he can't touch your truck, okay? Understood. I owe him two grand by the court. I, I don't agree with the amount, but it is what it is, and at least some part of this is going to be followed legally for once. But you still have the truck, so, you know, good luck hanging on to it. We'll see what happens with it. Mr. Miller, you heard what the judge yes, said. Sir. You're not a lien holder. And, and she said you're a liar. You know, she just didn't believe much of what you said. How, how do you feel about that? Well, I'm not a liar. I filled the paperwork out as a lien holder. So, well, the judge says you're I not a lien holder. I talked to the DMV, and they said there were issues with the title. All right. Well, here, bottom line, you have a judgment now. And uh, yep. that's for $2,050. You can do what you want with it and proceed, okay, legally. Yep. But you can't go steal his truck. All right? You understand that, right? Yes, sir. Okay, good enough. Harvey? Yeah, Doug, this is a tough one for the defendant. There has to be a specific agreement about promising work. There was no specific agreement. It was too vague, not enforceable. The plaintiff wins. Who reacts better in a crisis? You or me? Ha! I'm dying to hear what your answer to that is. <laughs> oh, let's hear who do yours. You, wait, who do you think reacts better in a crisis? It depends on what kind of crisis That's right. That's exactly my answer. I would say, I would say probably most crises that, that strike in our household... You react. Yes, that's what I would say. Yeah, yeah. I would say when I lose my temper, I lose my temper. I have I I have some trouble with that, and then you talk me off the ledge a little, right? And then I, you know, and it's that usually has something to do with the kids, and then you're like, hold on, hold on, right? They're not in gangs, they're not doing drugs. I'm like, your standards are really low, you know. (laughs) Um, But I, I, it is funny that a guy with your, uh, you're you're pretty much a, a, a. cheerful, calm person. But then, and the kids and I make fun of you right. because 
sometimes little crises, a little crisis, throw me just throws you right off. into the gutter. And, right. and you start with this is a problem of biblical proportions, right. and we start making fun of you for right. you just like right. you just lose yeah. it. It's really yeah. weird. Yeah. But you know, well, medical crises, I think I'm better when something is you know somebody's hurt. Oh yeah, sick. I usually because you got I'm, hurt a lot when you were young. Always, I was always getting stitches. I was always breaking this or that or you know so. Uh, those things don't phase me too much.